For today's shear, we have two different midos, two attributes, which actually begin a kind of mini-series of six of the various attributes of Kinyane Torah, which are the miuts. There are six in a row, which all describe miut something, that we should have a reduction or a lessening of a certain uh, characteristics. Uh, most girsos have six of these different miyuts, although there are vari- varieties in the order. Uh, but with the order that we'll go with, uh, today we will learn two, miyut schora and miyut uh, derech eretz. So when it comes to uh, miyut schora, uh, lessening or moderation or minimum, we'll have to see exactly how to translate that, of schora. Uh, so many understand it to be specifically referring to business, not necessarily working per se, but specifically making a living through business. Uh, Rashi here quotes the Gemara and Erevin on Daf Nunhe Amud Aleph, which says, Lo Satora Besachranim Tagarim, that uh, traveling salesmen and peddlers or trailer or traders, uh, you won't find Torah with them. You won't find true scholarship. And this uh, orientation of Chazal is echoed in two different Mishnayos earlier in Perk Yavos. In Perk Bet, Mishnahei, V'lokal HaMarba B'schora Machkim, again focusing on Schora, business. And in Avos, Perk Dalid, Mishnah Yud, Hevimamayit Be'esek V'asuk B'Torah, which is understood also Esek, referring to uh, business. So Pashtus, the simple understanding is that there's just not enough time uh, perhaps not enough time to learn at all, uh, or as the Abarbanel here says, at least not enough time to have serious in-depth learning. Maybe here and there you can grab a few minutes, but not in-depth learning. The Mi'iri in Erevin uh, actually uh, says that it's more um, a question of finite time and finite mental energy. He just points out something which is obvious, but it's, it's still uh, telling the way he formulates it, that everything comes at a price. You can't do them both equally well. Right? When one is going up, the other is going to suffer, and you have to pick one. So if a person wants to be successful in business, so it's not like just punching a clock or just waiting for a certain set uh, rewards or salary. But business, the more effort you put in, uh, the more you will be successful, or at least that's a reasonable thought. And therefore, no matter what you've done, you're always tempted, understandably, to do more and more. And simply that lifestyle, uh, according to Rashi here, uh, and these other Mamari Chazal in general, it's not the most conducive to real success in learning. Now, it should be noted that the Medrash Shmuel, on the aforementioned Mishnah earlier in Avos in Perak Bet, uh, points out that even though this is a good rule, like all other rules, there are exceptions. And as he points out, in the Gemara itself, we know about various Chachamim, uh, Amorayim, or even Tanaim, who were huge Gedola uh, Yisrael, Ba'alei Mesora, but were also quite successful uh, and uh, financially in a very, very good place. And therefore, he stresses that that's why in that Mishnah, uh, it doesn't work for everyone or even for most people. Uh, it can be done, 
but it's not common or typical. Uh, I, I often have made the comment uh, seriously or slightly in jest, but I think the point is a serious one, uh, to Talmidim that uh, you know, most, if not all of them, want to be Talmid Chachamim. It's just that they'd also like to be rich. They'd also like to be successful. I'm not saying that that's a bad aspiration per se, uh, but the point being that most people in life do have to make a choice about uh, their time or their mental energies or where their heart or head is. And this is Chazal you know, speaking, so to speak, a, a rough truth, but one that we should hear. And we have to make decisions both in terms of choosing a career or even in a career, uh, how much time and effort to put into different things because as the Me'iri reiterated, everything does in fact come at a price. The Maharal here in the Der Chaim, uh, he himself seems to be unequivocally against these kinds of jobs, uh, the more business uh, orientation. <laughs> that he thinks that these are just simply incompatible, without almost it seems like any exception, black and white, uh, to Torah study. But most of the other Mepharshim don't view it this way, but they view mute, mute as referring to, I would say, moderation, uh, or having modest goals in the business, but not too many. Uh, this can be traced back to the Gemara in Brachos, on Dafalamid Hay, Ahmed Bayes, uh, which tells us that the success of the Doros Harishonim, where that they were Asu Torasan Keva, Umalachtan Arai. Now, again, it's true that if you think this Arbrice is specifically talking about a certain kind of businessman, maybe you could say the Gemara in Brachos is not. But I think it's reasonable to apply this uh, there as well, that you can certainly be successful. This is the model of Doros Harishonim, according to the Gemara, that they did have Malacha, but it always remained Arai. The Torah was Keva. The Torah was the Ikar for them. And nevertheless, there still was certainly room for working in general, and perhaps perhaps even for some kind of business. Uh, Rav Yaakov Emden here in the Lechem Shemayim says, of course, mute means moderation, because without Kemach, Ein Torah, as the, we're taught in Paragimel, uh, earlier in Perge Avos, Mishnah Yudzayin. Uh, and again, the Medrash Shmuel, among others, makes the diuk from the Lashon of Arbrisa, you know, as well. Miut clearly implies that some uh, are allowed. Now, he also addresses, I think, something which we've been alluding to, which is that maybe there's something specific about Schorah. Uh, he asks, you know, or he's Medayik, why does the Brisa say Miut Schorah and not Melacha? So, he says that malacha is very hard. He see, you know, he viewed, whether it's farming or factory work, that seems to be what he was alluding to. Uh, really hard labor, uh, what we might call blue-collar work. And he says that's very hard. So a person on his own is not going to be doing too much of it because just physically it'll be too hard and too uh, exhausting. So mamela he'll have some time for, for learning. But business, he says, is not as physically taxing. In fact, he says it's even enjoyable. I assume he means <laughs> when you're being successful, it's more enjoyable. I'm sure it can be quite stressful if you're not successful. But he says business is not as physically taxing and can even be enjoyable. And therefore, there's no reason for you to limit it on your own. Of course, you could choose. You have a chir chavshis to you know, close the office, uh, get off the telephone, get off the computer, and open up safer. But as I mentioned, whether you use the physicality of it versus the non-physicality of it, as the Medrash Shmuel does, or as I said initially, more that, you know, when you're on salary, so to speak, you know, there's something more fixed as opposed to people who are in business for themselves or salesmen. So then there's always the, the Yetzer. I'm not saying it's necessarily it's a harab, but the Yetzer to do more because you think that if you do more, you actually will make more. Um, and again, it doesn't mean it's the Yetzer harab per se, 
But at the end of the day, on some level, it will be incompatible with trying to really be great and successful in learning. Lastly, in this regard at least, uh, it's worth noting that the Mepharshim uh, point out, some of them at least, that this is not just a heter, assuming that you view this as a moderation. Uh, it's not just a het that you can work in moderation, but rather it's, not, and moreover, not only is it a heter because it's important for other things in life, but specifically if this is one of the Kinyan Torah, it means that this is necessary for the Kinyan Torah itself. Whereas Mir is not just a negative, but also in the positive sense. Uh, it is necessary uh, for Torah, uh, whether it's for your own Torah or to be machzik Torah of others. Um, it's not just that it's mutter, but it seems to be a necessity as long as it's done in moderation. Um, until we've been focusing on, you could say, the kamut, uh, how many hours a day, how many hours a week, a year, uh, you know, there's simply just not, there's only 24 hours in a day and everyone has uh, only a certain amount of time and energy uh, that they can give and these things are constantly tugging against each other. And I think that's all true, but it's also true that mir here can under, be understood not so much as the amount of time, but in terms of your attitude. Um, if one takes a look at uh, one of Rav Lichtenstein's uh, essays called Asei Torah Keva, which was originally a sicha, I believe a shir that he gave to the overseas students in the yeshiva, but was written up and summarized in the incredible sefer By His Light. So in that essay, Rav Lichtenstein, you know, for the most part, goes with this approach, uh, whether it's keva or the flip side in Arbreisa Miut, that it's more about attitude than it is about specific time or schedule. You have to decide what's the most important thing in your life. And learning in Avodah Hashem should be the most important thing in your life, even if hours-wise, schedule-wise, you're doing, spending more time and more hours doing other things. Nevertheless, uh, the Torah should be the most important, or in this case, that should be the secondary thing. Um, and just uh, of the many sources that Avodah quotes in that essay, uh, he quotes the Rosh, uh, in Brachos, in Perak Aleph, Halacha Simon Yudgimel, as well as in Baba Basra, Perak Aleph, uh, Simon Chavav, uh, the Rush makes this point uh, in both different places. Uh, in Brachos, for example, he says that when it comes to Hefseik in Birchas HaTorah, even though a person goes out to learn after having made his initial Brachos and davening in the morning, but someone who is Tamid Da'atam Al-Limudam, if your mind is always on your learning, then even though you're doing other things, Lo Chashiv Hefseik Linyan Bracha. Or even more striking, Rav Lichtenstein quotes, uh, the Russian Baba Basra uh, describes the person who is defined as a Torasan Umnasan, which is often understood, especially in contemporary times, as referring to people who are exclusively 100% uh, learners and don't work at all. Uh, but the Rush is clear that even someone who does work, but if his mind is always on his learning, that that's the Ikar, and whenever he has a free minute, he then goes back to the learning, then throughout the day, the person is defined as so that's really about an attitude more than an actual uh, specific way, you know, choice of profession or even number of hours that you are uh, in the workforce. It's really about a person's attitude. Uh, just to conclude, um, obviously a person has to work for how much he or she needs. But the million-dollar question, no pun intended, is how much do we really need? And that's not always so easy to evaluate. Um, and I'll just conclude by noting that the Chafetz Chaim, in his introduction, the Pticha, 
to the Sefer of Etzchaim. Uh, in Essen, you'd bet there when he's listing the various mitzvot and averos that are connected to Lashon Hara. So he says there, uh, parenthetically, but as it's very relevant to our discussion, that even when it comes to making a living, we must be careful not to do more or try to do more than we really need. As he puts it, that the Yetzir Hara always tells us, Hakol hu hechrech. Everything, you know, no matter how much we work, how much money we make, whatever it is that we want more, we tell ourselves it's not that we want more, but hechrech. It's all necessary. I need more. I need more. And he says that the more HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, the, as a bracha, unfortunately sometimes, the more we think we need it. And then, therefore, the more we diminish our time for spiritual growth and pursuits. He says, unfortunately, the... A flip side, which is often the symptom of this problem, in reverse, is that when it comes to the olam haba and the religious things, so then our Yetzirah is always telling us, Mestapik b'muat. We learned a little bit, or we dalmed a little bit, or we did a little chesed, or whatever the avodah Hashem is, and there, you know, the Yetzirah tells us, you know, you did a little bit, you know, some people could do more, but, you know, you should be happy, be satisfied with the little that you did, Mestapik b'muat. But when it comes to the gashem, yes, the, phys- the physical and the material, so then hakolu hechrech, we need more and more and more. Again, how to apply this is complicated, admittedly, and vary from person to person, situation to situation. But I think the, the, this duality that's being described here by the Chavetz Chaim is unfortunately um, quite insightful, and I think uh, to most all of us, relevant to an extent. And it requires all of us to do a cheshbon ha-nefesh, uh, both in terms of the amount of time we spend on our work versus other things, as well as even whatever that number ends up being, what is our attitude? What's the most important part of our day? What's the most important part of our life? So these, these makaros in general, and specifically the ones focusing and commenting on the b'risa here in Perak Vav of Avos, uh, are teaching us this important value of miut. Schoran, that if one really wants to have a meaningful life generally and specifically when it comes to Talmud Torah, however uh, one figures out exactly what they do for a living and how much time is spent, but it has to be mute. We have to be honest and realistic about not overdoing the time, and whatever the time is, attitudinally, we have to d- realize what's truly the most important thing in life. Okay, the next and second one of the miyuts we will study is miyut derech eretz. And as we know from other contexts, uh, derech eretz is one of those words that everyone loves, that everyone agrees with. But A, we often are not sure how to translate it because it does mean different things in different contexts. And here, since usually derech eretz is considered a positive thing, uh, miyut derech eretz is itself somewhat interesting and has to be analyzed. So for starters, uh, the Rashi here on our Brisa and Perak Vav, includes assuming that Derek Eretz has to do with being polite uh, and sociable with other people. And therefore, says Rashi, Chazal are telling us here, You shouldn't be too sociable. Be polite, be friendly, but don't spend all your time out, you know, in town square or in uh, wherever it is that people hang out, just schmoozing because that can go on forever, and you'll simply not have time to learn or do other productive things. Uh, the Medrash Shmuel, in his second interpretation, uh, also assumes that that's the type of Derech we're referring to, but specifically describes it in a situation where a person is in the base Medrash. Uh, they are learning, but then a person wants to come over and speak to you. So you might think you only have two options, either to engage in a full-scale conversation, but then there'll be total bittel Torah, it'll ruining, or to be rude and completely ignore the person. And that would be a lack of derech eretz. Therefore, says the Medrash Shmuel, Chazal telling us that we need not one or two, but the middle approach, miut derech eretz. That is to say that we have to be polite and talk a little bit, 
but not too much. Then we need to figure out a way to be polite and say, not now, now I'm learning, can we speak later, etc. That need for balance, even or especially while we're learning, still even then to be polite uh, and nice to people, but still realize that now time for learning, and therefore I have to be careful not to, maximize, not to exaggerate how much politeness and friendliness I have at that time. Um, some Mepharshim quote the Gemara in Ksubis in this context. That uh, so person should always be liolam, always be mu'reves imabrios, polite, kind, be able to relate to people, so we don't create a chil Hashem. Whether it's in the base medrash or in general, if you're identified as a ben Torah, as an Orthodox Jew, etc. So again, miut so that you can learn other things, but nevertheless, it can ever be an absence of derech or an absence of Murevis and Mabrios. On the contrary, that always has to be uh, prevalent and, and uh, existing because that's what will create a Kiddush Hashem with other people. Uh, so that's one interpretation of Derech Haaretz. Others, like the Maharal here, uh, seem to understand it as a explanation of Derech Haaretz in the sense of working for a living. Don't do too much work. Don't make it the Ikar. Um, it's a nice message um, and one that we've just seen. So it's a little bit to understand why the Maral would use that as an interpretation. It seems to make Der Heretz, uh, if we would accept it, redundant with the previous Midah, but at least for the Maral, that's what he understands in this, in this Midah. Uh, so those are two of the uh, more common understandings of Der Heretz uh, and applied by different Mepharshim uh, here. Interestingly, uh, a number of Mepharshim see Der Heretz in our context actually as an allusion uh, to marital relations and to a sexual intimacy between married couples. Uh, working off of the Pasuk, uh, the daughters of Lot, when they felt that the world had been destroyed and therefore they needed to sleep with their father, they said, there's no one else uh, who, who will do this. Kiderech kolaretz. You know, this is the euphemism that's used in the Pasuk there uh, to refer to sexual relations. And therefore, the Medr Shmuel, in his first interpretation, understands that's what's going on here too. And therefore, Chazal are telling us, even though that's a necessary and even a mitzvah and a healthy part of married life, don't engage in it too much. Um, and even though there's a mitzvah, but nevertheless, if one is too involved, uh, again, quantitatively, or if that's what's always on your mind, you will become what he refers to as parutz barayos. And therefore, a person has to be uh, balanced and makadish atzmo b'muterloch, even if, when it's mutter, but not do it if he wants to truly have a spiritual and religious life in a way that will certainly allow a kinyan Torah. Rav Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shamayim um, also understands uh, the attribute in this vein, quoting the Gemara in Gittin on Ayin Amar Aleph, that uh, this is one of those things that is ruban kasha umiutan yafe. Too much is not a good thing, but just the right amount, miyut tarecheretz, is very healthy for a person and for a marriage. The Tiferes Yisrael here as well uh, makes the point, uh, and he, again, I'm not sure how firm this is from a scientific basis, but he says that he thinks that Tashmi uh, Shamita, marriage relations between husband and wife, will be machlish hacharitzut v'hazikaron. It'll simply have deleterious effects even intellectually. Uh, the Ramam also seems to have had such a belief in Hilchos Deos in Perek that too much is bad for your health. Uh, so I'm not a scientist, uh, a doctor, excuse me, or a therapist. Um, and uh, certainly, uh, and psychologically, if this is too much on your mind, it can be very distracting, as we, uh, as we know. So that certainly makes sense to me. I'm not sure if there's uh, more than that, but it does seem like some of the Mepharshim actually thought it might even go further than that. In a completely different vein, we have a fourth understanding of 
Derech Eretzir, and that is also brought down by the Medrash Shmuel. If you're keeping track, this is the third interpretation that we've seen from the Medrash Shmuel. Uh, he had a lot of different things to say about this Midah. Again, Derech Eretz is one of those terms which is often ambiguous. So in the fourth interpretation that we're seeing, which happens to be the third in the Medrash Shmuel himself, he refers to Derech Eretz in this context as Baishanut, shame or timidness, being reserved. And he says, on the one hand, uh, it's a very, very good thing. That Derech Eretz is referring to Midas Tovos at their core, at their basis. And that, by Shanut, a certain reservedness, even timidness, he thinks is, is the father and the mother, the source, if you will, of all other good Midos. But nevertheless, even though it's so critical to have a certain amount of Busha, of Baishanut, but don't have too much, Miut. Because if you have too much, then well, whatever negative impact it could have in other areas of your life, but when it comes to learning, he says, too much Baishanut is not at all healthy. As we learned earlier in, per- in Avos Perak Bet, and we've spoken about in an earlier Shurim, Ein habayshan lo made. If you're too timid and too polite, too reserved, too embarrassed, then you'll never ask questions, and in that way you will never. As Rabbi Yona there says on that Mishnah in Avos, in Perak Bet, Busha may be good in other areas of life, but not necessarily in learning. So in this interpretation, the Medrash Shmuel is saying, Miut bayshanut, Miut derech eretz, that's good in other areas of life, but not much, if at all, in the area of learning, if you want to have a Kenyan Torah. And finally, uh, Rav Yaakov Emden, in his second explanation, the fifth we've seen overall, the second one from Rav Yaakov Emden, he says that Derek Eretz here is a context of secular learning. It's a euphemism for what we would call um, Mada, or perhaps the way Rav Hirsch referred to it as Torah im Derech Eretz. And therefore he says it's important to have some, but we have to be balanced in it. And he, Rav Yaakov Emden, sees this more not in the prohibition or advice of having too much, but also sees it as importantly endorsing that in proportion, miut, it is absolutely necessary. The Shema Yichlol, he says, maybe perhaps in this Mida is also cons- uh, included, Limud Chachmas Ha'olam, certain things that are necessary, secular learning, for understanding the way of the world. He mentions uh, science, referring to nature, Cheshbon, math. He says, Mi'utan Yafeh, Chazal are telling us here and in other places that in proportion, in the right amount, this is actually a very good thing. So we understand the way the world works. The world that was given to human beings as the custodians, so we need to understand how it works so we can be good custodians of Hashem's world. We have to understand physical health, how so we can keep ourselves healthy, things that are necessary for ourselves, for our families, for society, for business. How society works, political things, diplomatic things, human relations. So in the last phrase, he comes back to the first interpretation we saw of uh, Derek Haaretz referring to being polite and knowing how to relate to other people. But clearly, in this interpretation of the Lechem Shemaim, that's um, maybe true, but it's at best a detail, a prat, and almost even an afterthought. The overall gist you get from him is that he sees it uh, as referring to not just being polite or nice, and that sense being Murav and Mabrios, but being worldly, sophisticated in the ways of the world, science, social sciences, hard sciences, all those things, so that a person can be a good custodian and be involved in an active and healthy way in the world. So to conclude, just to summarize, Darach in particular is a vague term, ambiguous term, 
not only in our Brisa, but in other places. And we briefly summarized five different interpretations that might be being referred to here in our Brisa. Perhaps it means being polite and sociable with other people. That was from Rashi and one of the interpretations of the Medrash Shmuel. So it's necessary to an extent, but don't overdo it or you'll never have time to learn. One interpretation which we thought was the hardest, at least in light of the previous Midah, because it would make it redundant, the Maral himself said their Haaretz was work. Uh, the Medr Shmuel and Rav Yaakov Emdin and others said that here it actually is an allusion, uh, surprisingly so, but an allusion to Tashmi Shamita, marital relations, again healthy to an extent, necessary even a mitzvah, but shouldn't be overdone. And then the last two we saw were, it might refer to as Baishanut, another interpretation found in the Medr Shmuel, uh, that shame or timidness or certainly reservedness is good in area, in other areas of life, but not necessarily good when it comes to learning. And lastly, the Lacham Shemayim of Yaakov Emden, that here Der Heretz refers to the ways of the world, uh, both naturally and socially, politically, uh, being knowledgeable in secular studies, writ large in general, so that a person uh, can be a good custodian uh, for the world that Hashem has given us. So not too much, because then you'll never learn, but miut is in fact very, very important.